Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Now let's have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Halloween episode of the Brian Trust. <laughs> yeah. I don't have reverb. I wish I did now. I know. But <laughs> I I little so sound cool. effects in the background here, little drips. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great. You can have a soundboard just run to do that the whole hour behind us while we're talking. Sound like we're in a dungeon. Like, oh, it's out of here. Uh, welcome, friends. It's another episode of the Brian Trust. Um, <clears throat> this week, being the end of October with Halloween or All Hallows Eve or whatever you want to call it around the corner, uh, we thought we'd talk about that a little bit today. Um, cause it might be some fun, some other things going on. Uh, I know for, for me, it's, I kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit cause I, I was thinking about this the other day and somebody posted on Facebook. It was kind of a joke, which is the idea of this picture of a professional cosplayer with like a rack of costumes and stuff. And like cosplayers on Halloween, like I have nothing to wear, uh. you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it made me think about, I'm curious about how we perceive halloween now if it really is just more for kids at this point because with the rise of with the the emergent the ascendance of geek culture and conventions and all of this and professional like people getting paid to cosplay at conventions and stuff which i think is crazy but you know wherever you can find your niche great um but that's idea that really like dressing up in costumes and stuff has become like a year-round thing for a subset of people, not for everybody, but this idea, especially for, for us, like for people like me, where I'm just like immersed in that culture all the time. And of course, being in the film industry, you're wearing a lot of costumes and, mm-hmm. and yet I know a lot of actors who love dressing up on Halloween anyway, mm. regardless of that. For me, it's like, oh man, I just, <laughs> I prefer to, I prefer to dress as a regular guy and like hide out in my apartment with the lights off <laughs> until November right. 1st. Right, you know, put a, maybe uh, put a bowl of candy on the front porch. Be like, take when one. I when I can afford to, yes. Um, but that's that's been pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, so especially because how, how expensive candy getting these days is ridiculous. Right, the good candy. Come on, you want to you want to be known as the guy who gives out the good candy. So right that's now, cool. let me ask you this: talking about trick or treating, uh, when you were a kid, when did it <clears throat> when did it become weird? for trick-or-treating it was maybe so when i was a kid uh we used to go to houses that would give out comic books or they would give out Hmm. carameled apples right that they made or they would make yeah cookies brownies popcorn balls one woman had a little different uh, back in the 50s and (laughs) the 50s okay so but but uh and then we all knew like every kid in the neighborhood knew what house gave out the good stuff so you wanted to go there first right it wasn't like this sequential house it was like no we got to go over here then we got to go over here then we got to go over here well i know the good stuff i know when i was when i was a little kid especially like kindergarten first grade and stuff um a lot of the costumes that my my mother would make a lot of our costumes and stuff and and one year it was basically one of her old like psychedelic blouses basically I did like a whole pirate get up actually it was really cool I like actually enjoyed that pirate costume um and my brother was like a you know I've done the traditional bed sheet as a ghost thing and I've done you know 
some of those, so those years and stuff. I think as a kid, yeah, there's a lot of that, but like when you and I were kids, especially there was a lot more, it felt like there was a lot more, I want to say community. Yeah. In there a way, a ton, you know, there were a ton of kids you know, outside. People aren't like, as isolated from each other because there's this oh, lack yeah. of, like, yeah. it's almost like we've created this lack of trust. So everybody's like lives in isolation, yeah. you know, and some of that, I mean, you can sit there and blame video games and cell phones and all of that. I don't think cell phones necessarily because it does keep kids connected, but they're just not like together in the same way as we were when we were kids. Yeah. That's not always a bad thing, but I think it it's lacking like a virtual connection kind of lacks the difference of being having to communicate all of your information face to face um or over the phone. Yeah. You know, now it's texting and you know emails and things and you lose that context of of verbal tone and mm-hmm. uh stuff that emoji can't quite replace right. <laughs> yet. <laughs> They're getting there I think, but um and like when I was a kid this is when I was living back east, uh, or well, <laughs> when I was living in the northeast of the country uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, like I remember going around to neighborhoods and stuff for a number of years. We lived in like a planned community of a bunch of townhomes and stuff, and so all the kids would kind of get together and go in a cluster, right? Sort of roughly from house to house, not not necessarily sequentially, but usually yeah. relatively, yeah. because it was just the way that it was laid out and it was fine. Right. That was like the second half of our trick or treating. We'd go sequentially, but yeah. we would hit the good houses first, especially the ones that yeah. gave out full candy bars. Well, and that's yeah. Full like, and that's, and that's the, the thing. Like bite people, size ones. It's like, we had, had some people who were like scouts who would kind of go out first and then communicate it to the rest of the people. Like these are the good houses. You go here. Yeah. Right. You know, so then the main force could come. <laughs> they have a list of addresses. Uh, we had one time. I remember one year, I think my brother dressed up twice. I made a second loop in a different costume. Oh, wow. Trendy. Oh, I never thought of that. That's genius. Um, that was kind of interesting. So I think it's, I think it just depends. But I noticed that, at least for me, when we moved out west to Arizona, that kind of went away for us, like trick-or-treating. I mean, we did it, I think, a year or two after, because I was like 11 or so at that point. I think when I hit my teenage years, we kind of stopped. Yeah, I think thirteen uh, was the and age especially out well, and especially out west, but like in Arizona, especially it it was more because neighborhoods were a little more separated from each other mm. in terms of that. So you could go in in a particular neighborhood and trick or treat stuff, but you couldn't go around. Plus, they would have like school activities, like a fair or something, where people could come and congregate right. instead. Like there were there were all these activities instead of trick or treating, right? And so, and some of that's you know, to protect the children, you know, and that's really what it, the guise of it is, you know, of protecting the children, but we get rid of all of these other things yeah. out of fear for our children on the day right. that's supposed to be rife with making fun of fear, essentially. Right. right. Um, so I don't know, you know, we talk about Halloween being spooky, but at this point it's really not. You know, not even yeah. the horror movies are not because they're, well, they're just not there. I don't think they're I don't think they're any scarier than real life at this point. Right. Well, you know uh, what? Uh, it, I remember the year that somebody found a pin in a Snickers bar. Oh, in our in our, in our neighborhood. It was in our neighborhood. Oh, wow. OK. Yep. And or, or and razor blades in the apple. Allegedly. Yeah, know, it wasn't some, so much that, actual but legends, but yeah. somebody had actually jammed a pin into a snickers bar when they cut into it they uh, when they bit into it they uh, they cut their lip and oh. so and then and then of course the phone tree started and yeah you know and then it was like 
you're not going to believe this. There was a Canada Snickers bar. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, word got out and it made the news and all this other stuff. And and then that's when, like, hospitals were saying, like, bring your candy in and we'll x-ray it for you for free, you know, sort of thing. And then that's when I think that's when everybody kind of clammed up and you know, then it was like, but, but the, but the candy bar that had the pin in it was wrapped and the person that did it had shoved the pin through the crease in the, in the, uh, wrapper. So you, yeah. so you couldn't see the hole. Yeah. No, it was just I, so I stupid. Just, I couldn't believe that. that but that's why they, but that's why they started marketing fun size bars. Right. For Halloween. So they stopped encouraging full size bars for that reason. So you can yeah. find that. That's stuff when, more readily. That's, that was the year that it took a turn. That was yeah, I think that so. I for me for any anyway for me because then it was like you know then the because I used to love oh my god I used to love the popcorn balls and then there was actually somebody I think one year they they had a cotton candy machine out in front of their house and they were handing wow. out like cotton can like little things of cotton candy they were making hmm. them for for everybody I mean it was oh, just cool. ridiculous yeah yeah I I find now it's it's interesting I do enjoy the occasional. Halloween. I remember a couple of years ago when I was still when I was living in my sister's place a few years back. We we did Halloween basically just sat out at the end of the driveway with candy mm-hmm. for the trick or treaters. They didn't have to come up to the door. They just be on the sidewalk in the neighborhood and stuff. But it was fun to watch all the the costumes, especially where they're at these days, and yeah, see where they where they get with kids and stuff. And it's still yeah. the typical you know vinyl you know outfit thing with like a rubber band mask on top you know sure. it's just obviously just pop culture's changed so what they're referencing is different but right um it's still fun occasionally i think i guess um yeah. or but then some people you know like they wear costumes to work and <laughs> so i'm just like oh, yeah. hey. we have that every year Somebody. we talked about like today um yeah. after, after we record this i driving up to dalton for to perform with the Atlanta Radio Theater Company we talked about for, for HalloCon. There's actually a whole Halloween-themed convention wow. that takes place up there every year. Um, well, it's like fantasy and horror-based, mm-hmm. but it just happens. They usually do it on the weekend before Halloween, mm-hmm. uh, basically. And it's a small convention, mm-hmm. but uh, it'll be fun. We're going to go up there and perform. We were told when we were talking about, like, dress dress code for us for the the show is like dress up a little bit if you want to wear a halloween costume you know maybe it's appropriate to the story you're telling i was like so no inflatable t-rex outfit oh, right. because i would totally wear that to perform on stage of the radio <laughs> like, i think it'd be hilarious um maybe next year for dragon con that might be fun. oh there you go I get my hands on one of those costumes because they have like a like a Dragon Con. They had a whole squad of those guys that were running around that T Rex costumes. Yeah, and one of the nights, one of the early nights of the before the convention officially started, they all got together in like the the uh, lobby of the Hilton and for a dance party, <laughs> and they were all in costume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to. I'll also find the video and share it later. It's hilarious. Um, but uh, but this idea, and that's that's part of it to me. I think is like I said, with the rise of geek culture and now adults costuming all the time. Some people for pay, yeah. and, that, and that idea that it's less of that Halloween itself has become less special mm. in that way. I think mm. it's just it's oh. a little more, and that's why I think it's like it's really is more for the kids at that point, right? Um. Where did where did the trick or treating even start? Like, let's go back in history. Where where did this even start? Do you know? 
Well, um, how do we get this tradition? And they, and do they do it in other countries? Are we the only country that does this? Uh, no, uh, no, no. It's it. A lot of it, I think, went to. I'm not sure what the actual origin of it was. Some of the early, some of it was. I mean, in England from like the medieval period up to like the 30s, according to Wikipedia, which of course is never wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but the idea of uh, going door to door and asking for things, they used to, what it was, was a group called, it was, it was a religious thing that they did on Halloween, the Christian cult, uh, souling. Mm. So these, these folks would go from parish to parish begging the rich for soul cakes Oh. in exchange for praying for so basically food in exchange for praying for the souls of the oh. the people who were giving them oh. and that kind of thing um then costuming actually originated in scotland and ireland wow um as far back as like 1895 they called it guising mm. um but basically they were carrying lanterns and visited homes and got candy and and it first kind of popped up in north america in in canada which makes sense because there were a lot of Scottish immigrants uh, who mm. moved to Canada, but in like 1911. Mm. So it didn't really start in the U.S. Re- until about uh, a little bit later in the decade, like closer to 1920 mm, okay. or so, uh, or at least 19, 1915, 1920, somewhere in there. The mm. actual term trick-or-treat didn't start till 27. Okay. So 1927, apparently. Mm-hmm. But then... And now that's the thing, like we were talking about people uh, collectively, like creating events for people uh, to come rather than going door to door in strange neighborhoods or whatever. So the trunk or treating, which is basically Halloween tailgating. Oh, <laughs> oh that'd be fun. So, I've never done that. So usually you find it, um, I've seen it a few places in, I saw it a few places in Phoenix before I moved out here and stuff. Usually it's at churches hmm. and things. So what they'll do is a bunch of people will decorate the backs of their cars Oh. Like the trunks of their cars with Halloween themed and put candy in those. And the kids go from car to car, basically in a parking lot. So it's like a condensed version of trick or treating. Oh, there you go. That allows for uh, some room, you know, and that sure. kind of thing where you can, at a, you know, a church or a school lot, that kind of thing. Usually with a particular, like each one will be decorated with a particular theme or something, but that's mm-hmm. become, it's been growing in popularity because, um, spaces where homes are really far apart, like in rural areas, or it's it's just considered safer than going door to door. So, which makes sense oh, yeah. it's in a controlled environment and right and that kind of thing. So, mm. you know, and then and then of course now you've got people costuming their pets. Oh yeah, uh, you laugh. It's like a half billion dollar industry just no, for know, costuming I pets. I've seen I mean, it. yeah. Uh, so. So yeah, some of that, you know, you got, and then you've got haunted houses. Oh, I don't like those. I, I don't either, but mainly just because I, I find them boring. Oh boy. No, I accept my and, anno- and I find them boring and annoying just because the loud noises, like the jump scares and the loud noises. Like, I don't I, like that. that I, startle, I startle very easily. They have, I don't know if it still exists. I remember years ago, um, this is in Orlando specifically. I think it was the haunt on market street. Um, it was like a year round haunted house that they used to run. Um, no, 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 no. I don't think it's there anymore. Uh, but it used to be for the longest time, but it was actually like a year round. This was back in the nineties when I would, I, I had gone through on a road trip and I was in Orlando because I was going to Disney world for a few days. And so I went to downtown Orlando just to drive around and see it. And I saw this place. I'm like, well, I have to check this out. 
because it was May and they were doing a haunted house. I'm like, that's the weirdest thing ever. But yeah, apparently this, op, this, this attraction, it ran in like the old, old, uh, more historic district of Orlando, but they ran it, they ran it year round. Mm. Um, like every day it was basically like a mini amusement park kind of thing. And I went through and it was just a miserable experience. Um, only because yeah, the jump scares, but it was in a group of people. Like I was in the middle and this girl behind me who was like really clutched on my shoulders and was like yeah. throttling me with my own shirt. Yes. Uh, cause she was so scared and everything, but I'm literally walking through here going, okay, guys going to jump out of there. Flash bulb there. Oh, now I can't see. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I could predict everything as we were going through it. Like, and at the end I'm like, okay, we haven't seen it yet. Guy with a chainsaw coming out of there in three, two, you know, I was just like, like I, could, I could see everything coming. Yeah. I don't like in the, even in the dark. Like I knew it was coming. I'm just like, Oh man, this nope. is, just, this is nope. Yeah. And I realized, but that's nope. when I realized I was kind of like, nope. part of it for me is because being in the film industry, like I know how the, plus I also know most of these places now they legally are not allowed to touch you. Right. So it's not scary without contact. You know, it's like, I don't care. You know, it's like, oh, you get no, all up in my grill with this thing, but you can't No. a, there's no. no chain on the chainsaw and B yeah. you can't touch me legally. So I I don't care, you know? Yep. Nope. 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 And so it's a little less, yeah, it's a little less impactful when you, when you have that. Yeah. Um, no, uh, but, as a kid, I was taken to these, uh, to these haunted houses and I hated them every yeah. year we went. I absolutely hated them. I mean, I was like a anxious mess throughout the whole <laughs> thing. Yeah. Right? No. And, and I think it adds to, uh, you know what I'm dealing with today. <laughs> well, I think some of it and some of it for me too is like, well, now it's become Halloween's so commercial, man. But, um, the idea that it's just sort of now it's just something to, it's almost like Easter. It's like the other, it's like the alternate Easter oh, hmm. in a way, because it's all about the candy. Oh yeah. For, especially for kids, like the way Easter is like there's, there's nothing really behind it. I mean, Easter was about Easter. Oddly enough, they're both kind of about death oh, in a fashion. Yeah. If you think about that, it, it just in different, different taking, basically taking and commercializing different religious points on death. Right. Um, and, uh, and the rising of the dead, which, you know, oh, yeah. you think of that. Yeah. I, sorry, I was just thinking about that now. Like, wow, that's deep. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I feel like Halloween, it's almost one of those things. It's like, we need to hurry, give them enough candy to tide them over until Christmas. You know, <laughs> oh. get out of the way so we can get the Christmas decorations up, you know, it's right. Especially now it's like, oh man, Easter was fun too. Because you'd wake up. I don't know about you, but we used to wake up and we'd have a big basket and there'd be toys and candy and things. And then, oh yeah, like, no, we used to. I mean, we did baskets too. They got smaller as we got older. Yeah. Um, but I still uh, get some get some stuff occasionally. It was uh, yeah. on Easter. It's been tough the last few years because I'm usually I'm usually been working or traveling. Like I go to my sister's for Easter dinner or something. You know, we get like a chocolate bunny or something. Nothing grandiose. Yeah. Um, I like color. Well, that, we've been trying to make an effort to eat less candy anyway, so it's kind oh, of sure. oh, so yeah. it's like okay, I'm gonna yeah, the chocolate back on some of that where I can. Uh, you know the, the the chocolate bunnies they they weren't my favorite. It was like it wasn't good chocolate. Yeah, well, yeah, the Palmer the Palmer candy where it's not. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. like that's like the Walmart of chocolate. You know, Blah. 
But then as an adult, now Reese's makes, you know, big old peanut butter filled bunnies. Ooh. But I remember, okay, I remember one specifically as a kid. Uh, I went to, uh, or no, was that, oh no, I think that might've been Easter, but yeah, thinking of Easter, that idea of like, I got, I remember getting once I got as a prize during a, during an egg hunt. Like I didn't get the most eggs, but I found that one particular egg mm-hmm. and I basically got like a chocolate bunny. that was the size of me. Oh, so I mean, I dined on that thing for weeks. Ugh, it was, please. well, it was hollow. Yes, it's hollow. It, it was like a giant thing the size of me, but it was hollow. But even yeah. still, the, like the body was really thick, so you could break pieces off. And yeah, I mean that was crazy. Eventually, we just kind of smashed it with a hammer so we could store it, <laughs> yeah. store the pieces easier. Yeah. Um, but it was—I mean, that was really neat. It was kind of right. like that was—that was really cool. I've never had that much candy ever since. Right. I think I the some, thing, but I think the craziest thing I got was like a five-pound bar of. One of those five pound uh, oh, those giant, yeah. Hershey bars. I'm like, yeah. what am I supposed to do with this? Eat it over time. Shave it. You know, you can you can use yeah, a grater I, and grater uh, and put it on your hot chocolate or something. You know. Yeah, I want to say it took the better part of a few months to get rid I can, of that. I can believe that. I can believe that. Well, because it's so big, like it's so big it's and blocky. So, like, there's no way. Even, like it's hard you, to break it off. And if you devoured that in one day, oh, oh you know, there was probably a time when I could have done that. Mm. But I don't, you know what? I, I don't. Was, I was a younger man then, and yeah, right. I, I don't eat. I I can't remember the last time I had a candy bar. Like I, I used I to. I used to. There was a period, and this is not that long. Well, it it was this century, but it was long. I used to have like a bag of Reese's, the mini peanut butter cup, the miniature Reese's oh, mini yeah. peanut butter cups. Yeah, for breakfast. Okay. Like that was I would buy a bag of that on the way to work, and I would eat that oh. at work. Oh, well, you breakfast. wouldn't put it in a bowl and put milk in it, no. No, 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 no. No, oh, I mean no, I would I just see, eat I them, but that was my that would be my breakfast. Oh, and boy. how, that, how I, was your stomach throughout the day, though? My stomach was good. My intestinal tract did not like me as much. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> After oh. a couple of episodes, I was like, I probably should stop doing this. And then you know, three months later, I did, but. It was, <laughs> What were you dealing with? You dealing with some Hershey squirts, were you? Uh, no, the opposite. Uh, <laughs> it basically became like the Hoover Dam in the back. It was, yeah, it was not fun. Whoa. Uh, you know, now I say less white meat, more roughage. I see. Uh, well, now I know why. And believe me, I still, I find, well, and I think it was more the peanut butter than the chocolate that mm-hmm. caused the caused the backup in particular. I see. I yeah, see. TMI, folks, I know. No, it's all right. Now we, we're, um, we're all friends here. But I still occasionally, if I eat something, eat too much peanut butter, Yeah, like I, I know when I've had too much. I'm like, oh, yep, there it is. Yep. <laughs> I, I hit my limit. Of course, I don't know it yeah. until the next day, but it's right. Exactly. Um, What's your so. favorite? Okay, so let's go through our favorite candy. Okay. Uh, I have lots. Uh, I like Crunch Bars. Yeah. Uh, Twix. Yeah, I like the peanut butter Twix, not so much the the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Snickers. Snickers, yeah, okay. Milky Way, Three Musketeers, the heavy three. They're two. Uh, yeah, I I used to like Three Musketeers. I don't really so much anymore because it's it ta- it's like too. The, the fluffiness, what it just feels weird on my teeth or what my teeth at this point. Yep. Uh, uh, but yeah. Butterfinger, probably my all-time oh, favorite. Yeah. Butterfingers are oh, awesome. Yeah. 
Oh, Pretty yeah. much anything and, peanut butter is going to win with me. Oh, so. And when Butterfinger came out with a king size dual pack. Oh, no. Oh, yes. That's too much. I mean, that's just too much Butterfinger oh, for me. Yeah. I like them, but and they I, I, do, I do it in like that's more one that I have in moderation because okay. it's crunchy and stuff. And All right. How about this? The Dairy that. Queen Butterfinger Blizzard. <sighs> oh, yes. I haven't had that in forever. I, I think I had it once. It's so good. I have some occasional lactose issues with ice cream, so I, I don't eat it very often. Okay. All right. Um, uh, let's see. Reese's peanut butter cups. Obviously. Of course. Uh, what are some others? The uh, Reese's sticks are fantastic. I have not had Reese's sticks. It's basically, uh, it's the like wafer layer. It's like Kit Kat with peanut butter. Oh, it's yeah. Those are actually, they're hard to find. They're not as prevalent as they once were. Like they kind of came out in like the late nineties. Right. And I remember that because I I was hesitant at first. And then I tried one and went, Oh, this became my crack (laughs) just because I would buy them all the time and eat them. Like it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Kit Kats Um, are good. I like Kit Kats. You brought that up. Kit Kats. Um, crackle only the original flavor kit kat the rest of it's just garbage yeah the original in the red packaging yeah i missed that i missed i missed the foil oh yeah like the i had the wrapper and had the foil and then they yes. went to the, the one solid well yeah i missed yes. that oh, i was yeah. i was on i think it was on i think there was an article on buzzfeed the other day about you know if you recognize these things you're old kind of thing but it was oh. like Back when Kit Kat and they showed that, I went, oh, I missed that. I remember that. Where it would slide out. It was yeah. like foil. If, it would if, slide they, out. If, they didn't, if they didn't glue the, the outer wrapper properly, you could yeah. actually just slide the you foil just back. slide it down. right on and unwrap the yeah. foil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love uh, that. Hershey bars, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I like right. I, I find the aftertaste. I don't like the aftertaste of Hershey as of much. Hershey, like. yeah. Yeah, Hershey Kisses, Hershey bars, yeah. I, well, I Hershey chocolate in general. I, like it, it creates this almost like... Like I hate to say vomit, but it like that aftertaste in your back of your throat. Oh. Where it's like, but what about okay, wait, 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 wait. But Hershey tastes great going is, down. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, but Hershey bars on a s'mores. Now that's pretty good. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. If they go, they go well with stuff. They go well eating with straight stuff, right. eating it straight by itself is not quite as right. as good as it used to be. I mean, I lived on it as a kid. I, I don't know if they changed yeah. the formula or yeah, yeah, yeah something yeah. the formulation of it or something, but yeah. it doesn't taste like it did when I was a kid and. Right. Then you get, like but now, and especially now with global trade and things like that, we have access to these vers- versions of these from other countries. So like Kit Kat yeah. from England, which is actually made by Nestle. Oh yes. Because Kit Kats here are Hershey, but it's actually a Nestle brand. Oh. Uh, everywhere else. It's just Hershey, okay. Hershey licensed the rights years ago uh, before Nestle was a thing over here. Right. And so they still have those rights to that. And so, right. but the Nestle, the Nestle Kit Kat in England tastes very different from the Hershey Kit Kat. I think it's because uh, they use whole milk. When actual, an actual sugar, not corn syrup. Yes. There's yeah. something about the yeah. English Irish versions of candy that is just. Well, fun. and they're required because they're, they're food, like their version of the FDA, like the requirements are different for health, you know, the way they make stuff is, is right. a little more regulated and right. a little different. And Cadbury is a, uh, Cadbury is an English, uh, yes. Company, right? I believe so. Yes. Cadbury. Uh, we went to a factory in England. I think it was the Cadbury factory. 
Do they make like the Flake and the uh, what are the well, other? Well, yeah, Cadbury is currently owned by Mondelez, which is formerly Kraft. Um, oh yeah, but it started in England, and that's that's where they're still based out. Right. Of. Yeah, I want to say we went to the Cadbury factory factory in England when we were there. Sure. Oh, that was so good. They uh, make like a couple of things that I still like. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cadbury, I've liked, uh, uh, I want to say Wispa, which are like arrow, mm. it, it, the arrow bars, if you've seen those, yes. which is made by a different company, but same thing right. where it's like aerated chocolate and it's sort oh, of the flake. What about the flake? Oh, I love the flake. I discovered oh. the funny thing was I didn't discover the flake until I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. There was a, um, a gas station at the corner right by my apartment, mm-hmm. my first apartment in LA that sold those. Mm. Uh, it was a Turkish guy who had that, and he he had a, a bunch of imported candy like that. And there was ne- the the Cadbury Flake, and I just oh man, it was like yep. oh yep. yep yep. See, that's the kind of thing you break up and put in milk because <laughs> it'll just turn right. Like, exactly. I just love the Cadbury flake. Egg, uh, amazing Cadbury eggs, pretty good. Uh, that creamy filling. I never really got into Cadbury eggs. I. Yeah. That cream Not that they're a bad thing. Like, just yeah, uh, uh, well, and Cadbury eggs, especially. That's one of those things that is like an Easter thing. Yeah, um, more than a year-round sort of thing to me. Yep. At least how about? Um, and I just about, it was never my thing. I don't know. Okay. How about raisinets? Oh yeah, I like raisinets and goobers. Uh, actually, goobers are oh, pretty good too. Goobers. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, then of course you got the snow caps. Oh my god. I didn't. I never bothered with snow caps. So. Here, now here's something. If you've never done this. This will blow your mind. Uh, take a box of Junior Mints and put them in the freezer overnight. And what you got the next day is you have a cold candy with a cold sensation. Which it's would be good crazy. if I ever bothered with anything mint flavored. It's just not. Mm, feel like you're eating toothpaste. I've I heard do people not, say that. I do not like mint flavored anything. Even toothpaste, like I just, I don't know. No, I've okay. never, All right. All I've right. never liked. I, I get why people like it. Sure, I, it's just not my thing. So right. I let you know, let them have it. That's fine. Whatever. Right. I never uh, got into the candy, candy like the Jolly Ranchers or the Nerds. I the sugary, fruity candies. That, yeah, that was something me, that I didn't really care for. Well, like for me, Jolly Ranchers are kind of like Skittles. Like I have a couple flavors I really like, and then there's a few I'm just like, nope, I don't Jolly Ranchers. I'm not interested. I just, What's your favorite flavor, Jolly Rancher? I have two. Oh, it's t- you know it's actually a tough Maybe call. Three. Um, probably for a long time, watermelon was actually yep, really good. There's one of them. Yep. Uh, strawberry's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, cherry's okay. Yeah, cherry. That's another um, one of my favorite. I tried I tried grape Jolly Ranchers, but I didn't dig them. Oh no! I and I, I'm a guy who likes grape flavored everything. So oh, yeah. that just I did not. They're not bad. I mean, I'll yeah. always eat them if they're in the bag. Like I'll eat them, but I just they're not right. like lime and lemon. Nope. <laughs> yeah. What about the sour uh, apple? Nope. Oh, I like that. I one. will not mess with anything. I, I I can't do sour. I can't do bitter. Mm. I just I don't know if my tongue is just oversensitive to that. I just I right. I can't do that right. stuff. Um, um, Smarties. See, I never got into the, like, the candy candy stuff. I did, yeah, like like I, I like like chocolate. Smarties or Necco wafers or that kind. Of, like I never got into that stuff. Yeah, me neither. No, those always make me and it's sick. fine. Like I, I again, it's one of those things where. A lot of people I know really enjoy them. I'm like, okay, have fun. You know, yeah. I just, it's just not for me. I'm good. <laughs> right. Know? So, right. Um, there was another one. Uh, well, there was a candy bar that had uh, like caramel in the middle. 
it was like more like a bar, like a Hershey bar, but it was thicker, but it came, it had, it had uh, caramel in the middle. I forget what the name of that one is. I, I love the I love the chocolate ones. Oh, the chocolate is my favorite. There's like, a few. There's a few different ones like that. I think uh, Hershey, especially, like they never minded. Like they have well, like Hershey had the like the Fifth Avenue bars and stuff, and that was. Oh yeah! Oh, uh, thousand thousand dollar bar. What thousand dollar? What was it? The grand. Five hundred grand. Uh, yeah, hundred grand. 100 yeah, hundred grand. grand bar. Yeah, yeah. Stuck on uh, which is good. I mean, that that's yeah, not uh, that's, that's not bad. It's uh, I think that. Oh, I'm trying to remember where we're at. So yeah, so stuff like that. I think um, the Whatchamacallit, I used to like oh, that a lot yeah, as well. Yeah. A little rice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Throw a little rice, yeah. and that's why. Like when I started with Crunch Bars and things like that, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I like these. I like yeah. I like yeah. stuff with the the crispy rice krispies yeah. in it. And like it was that yeah, was always good. Yep, this is my this is my life now. <laughs> um, well, I was never that into. I mean, I liked it, but then that Hershey's had crackle, mm-hmm, and of course, yep. coming from Pennsylvania, I had a lot of Hershey's growing up. Oh, so, sure. yep. <laughs> um, so I would actually i I tended to favor crackle over crunch for a long time. Not that not that I thought not that I thought necessarily crunch was bad. I just I, I tended to favor crackle for a long time. Now right. I don't really have either of them, but you know, I just find that Nestle has a better flavor of chocolate. I think. Well, they do. That's what I mean. It's 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 the the formula is different. So yeah, they tend to um, do a lot of stuff uh, that's like that. I think that so let's say Almond Joy Man's hundred calorie bar. I don't know what that is, but that's I don't know what that is. They're trying uh, like a low calorie, some like pretzel bars and things like that that they've been oh, yeah. messing with. Yeah, um, there was a there was a candy bar in Sweden when I was there. I couldn't even tell you the name of it because I can't pronounce it, but Man, that was like the probably the creamiest chocolate I've ever had. Like that was ridiculous. Well, uh, and I, did you ever have the? Do you ever like the Heath bar? Yeah, I like the Heath bar. Yeah, toffee. I I never. That was one of those like it. It to me, it's like Butterfinger just with a separate center, like a different center. I never yeah. got into toffee growing mm-hmm. up. Like I, I just never liked it. Yeah, I did. Um, my, okay, I it's another a, one. Was like, if you enjoy it, great. But I yeah. just, yeah, Rolos. My, uh, my Rolos are the Lee ones I, with the caramel in the center. But that's yeah. that's not bars. That's like little pieces. Right. My like uncle Leon. Uh, my uncle Leon worked at Brock's, <laughs> and so uh, there was always a box of peanut brittle somewhere laying around. Mm. So I got into the peanut brittle, and peanut brittle is like the gateway drug to uh, toffee. Mm. Oh man. Yeah, it's um, like butterscotch. I love butterscotch candies. That just reminds me of my grandmother's house. She always had a bowl. (laughs) Oh yes, butterscotch candy, like rocks. Yes, like like you go to the grocery store and they have the big rocks display of bulk candies. Yes, and it was the ones on the yellow wrapper. Yes, 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 yes. mm. My my grandmother used to. It's one I've never been able to to find the recipe for it. She used to make like um, butterscotch rice krispie treats that were just the bomb. I love butterscotch. Um, we kids. Um, here's, here's the best thing. And the peanut butter ones were also like her peanut butter rice krispie treats were amazing. Oh yeah. 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 And she did one, it was like a combination of both. It was like, <gasps> what? yeah. Butterscotch pudding from jello. That is probably my favorite jello right there. Ooh. What about candy corn? 
Do you like candy corn? No, candy corn right. is an abomination and should be destroyed. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. I, I love candy I'm corn. I love the little I, pumpkins. Here's what I, I don't like. I don't, I, I've never been oh. a big, that candy corn to me falls into some of that. Like you're talking about candy candies. Yeah. In a way that that's falls into that category for me. Like I never understood why people like it. Mm. Um, it's just one of those things that just always seemed too weird to me to be like, I just, I don't even like regular corn. I just, you know, but it's honey flavored. It's like it's a uh, like bit of honey and I just corn. well the same again. Family. I've never been a huge fan of that either. So mm-hmm. I so it's okay. Again, it's one of those where I just like nope. <laughs> yeah, candy corn. Here's the thing with candy corn. Like you could reach the point of being sick doesn't hit you until it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, most so, candy, but you know what? That's what I mean. Like, like I was talking about with the the Reese's miniature peanut butter cups. It's the same thing. Yeah. Most candy, actually, most food in general. Like, you don't know until like an hour later. Right. Like, oh crap! I ate too much. Like that <laughs> wasn't good. I ate too much. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just like, oh man. Now I've 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 been working on trying to be more in tune with my body. So when I eat, like I sit there and go, I know a lot sooner <laughs> if it was too much. Yeah. It was yeah. like. Oh yeah, no, that's good. I got to stop for now. Yep, that's enough. Come back to, I'll come back and finish it later. It's fine. Right, but um, ah, oh, memories. <laughs> it was, Those are my I faves. Also, I also wanted to talk about um, with it being Halloween and in that time of season. Uh, traditionally, Halloween is one of those other things that's famous for the War of the Worlds. Oh yeah, for people who who aren't aware of it or or maybe are. I think the uh, the legendary Mercury Theater radio broadcast done back in 1938. Yeah. On October 30th, I believe, was when that was broadcast. Uh-huh. Um, based on the H.G. Wells novel. Um, and this was uh, the story, and this was basically of the Martian invasion uh, kind of thing. But yeah, it was broadcast, no, on October, on Halloween, in fact, Halloween night on a 1938. And it was one that created a panic because some people tuned in late and didn't hear the beginning which said, this is fiction. Right. Because it created this live environment. Like you were hearing just music that was interrupted by news broadcasts and it sounded real to people. Right. At the time. I don't know why, but (laughs) apparently it sounded real to people. Um, And they didn't hear the second half, which is basically just a one log monologue. Of the right. guess, this guy telling his story after the the actual main invasion has started and like the end and like how they they fall and stuff, mm. so it created this whole panic at the time. Um, and so it was one of those where it's like, whoops, you know, and people were calling in and things like that. But it kind of made Orson Welles like really famous. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I mean, the Mercury Theater had been going on for a while anyway, so they they had some name recognition. But this is really what kind of launched him. And he was the main character, um, as well as the announcer, like the narrator of this. You know, he's the main character who's like the narrator of the story later on. But he was mm. the main producer and like the director of it as well. Mm. Um, and so famously, like a bunch of stuff's been been talked about that since since then, where uh, they do a bunch of different versions. I remember. In '98, on the 60th anniversary, I got to participate in a in a production of the of the War of the Worlds radio play. Mm. Um, in when I was living in Flagstaff, 
it was just, it was a small audience, about 40, 50 people, but we actually did uh, that show live for an audience with live sound effects and mm. uh, with actual Foley work and stuff. That was kind of fun. Um, I remember that uh, some of the folks from Star Trek had gotten together um, from LA theater works in California and did a, did a version in 1994 as part of the, like the alien voices uh, brand that John Delancey and Leonard Nimoy had started. And they did right. a version of, of war of the worlds. That was, that was really cool as well. Um, it's still copyrighted. So, you know, like people have to license it when they do it. So it's always very care. They're always very careful about one of those things. And then on the 50th anniversary, NPR did a version uh, with the original, it was an updated version of the script with like Jason Robards and Steve Allen and, and it won a Grammy apparently. Mm-hmm. So like, Ooh, wow. Can I interrupt you for a second? Sure. Uh, speaking of Star Trek and the show and our love of Rick and Morty, did you read that the Rick and Morty head writer, Mike did. Uh, McMahon, Mick McMahon, Mahan? Yeah. I don't uh, know how he pronounces it. But Mc, let's just say McMahon. 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 I don't know. Has confirmed he's working on a new Star Trek animated series called Star Trek Lower Deck. Yes. Uh, what, yeah, I, uh, what I read uh, somewhere else is that uh, it's already been uh, a five-year thing has already been purchased. I don't know if it, no, it wasn't five. I think it was just two seasons. I thought I heard, I read five. I want to re, find where I read I can't, it. that's a, that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge buy. That's what I, well, that's what I read last night. So let's see. Uh, f- I think it was five seasons. Five-year mission. Yep. Here it is. Uh, let me see. No, see, I've got from CBS. I've got two two years. Two seasons. Uh, here we go from The Verge. Uh, from The Verge, and this was posted uh, October twenty fifth. Uh, let's read this thing. Da, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yep. Back in June, CBS Television Studios announced it had signed a five year deal with Star Trek Discovery co creator and executive producer Alex Kurtzman, who. Would develop a number of future entrees in the utopia. Yeah, that's a that's a con that's a production contract. That's not for a show. That's just they they signed a contract with him, and now he has brought this. They brought this project in right to uh, to do lower deck. So they ordered two seasons of it. Uh, Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, they need more to kind of flesh out. Well, there's there's two issues they have. They need more to flesh out the CBS All Access thing to make it to justify their subscription cost, mm. um, and they need to. Uh, it, it, they also really need to come up with some other stuff so it's not the All Star Trek channel. Mm. But uh, not that that's a bad thing. Believe me, I would be happy with an All Star Trek channel. But um, and you know, it's it's good that they're doing that. They're a willing to do a comedy and kind of poke fun at the mm-hmm. the show a little bit. Um, especially this, you know, 50 years on, they kind of need to. Right. A little bit more than just like random occasional stories. I think it's good that they actually have a series that's doing that. And, and an animated series, they can get away with a lot more. I think mm-hmm. it's obviously right. not going to be Canon, but, uh, no, but it's going to be good. Yeah, no, I think that'll be kind of interesting. So, but anyway, yeah, uh, as I was saying, I'm Triple bro, Rick. Getting I'm back to the original, okay-inducing fun, right? Uh, <laughs> no, so the World Worlds was always kind of interesting. I mean, they, obviously they made movie versions and TV and um things like that that were based off of 
the a lot of that stuff is more based off of like the what was the one in the 50s i think the the really famous movie adaptation version oh i didn't like that one uh really the one from it scared the hell out of me because i was a child when i read and i saw that anything dealing with george powell like 1953 the classic one people think of when they think of the war of the worlds movie like that's the one oh that Uh, and close encounters of the third kind and there was a tv show called project blue book or no project ufo that was okay yeah i'm vaguely familiar with it yeah nope nope Nope, 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 nope. Okay. When, so when I was a kid, uh, uh, my uh, my bedroom was, uh, I could see all of the cars going by, basically. And every car at night that would go by, I would think that's a spaceship coming to get me. <laughs> so uh, uh, one night, you know, of course, it, I don't know what time it was. It might have been one or two in the morning. It was really, 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 really late. And uh, I probably was well, seven years old, maybe eight, six. Mm. And of course, you know, from the bedroom, you know, my parents are probably heard, you know, dad, dad, <laughs> dad. Well, and, they, and, they, and they did wait, a wait, bunch wait, of, wait. oh, and sorry. Then he, yeah. and then he busted in. <laughs> he busted in in his underwear. What? Are there any aliens in the in the front room? Get up! <laughs> and he pulls me Get into the, he pulls me into the living room. Okay, yeah. now mind you, this is a 1970s decor, right? Flips on the light. We had this massive mirror, a full you know ceiling to floor mirror across the way, so it made the room look bigger. It was one of these. <laughs> And flip on the light, and I saw in the mirror me standing in my PJs and my dad standing in his underwear. And he goes, "Do you see any aliens?" No. Turns the light off. Go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just laughing because I was <laughs> my dad in his underwear. <sighs> Sorry. Anyway, but any of those movies creep me out. Even to this day, well, I can't watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind without being like behind a pillow. Okay. No, thank you. Interesting. Yeah, I don't like those. I think that they, yeah, it's interesting. The some of the adaptations that have come out of the original. I mean, obviously, that's all based off of H.G. Wells' original book from like 1898. But, ah, another anniversary. Uh, the 120th anniversary of the novel. Wow, I guess uh, public domain published. Right? Oh yes, yeah. The oh, actual original yes. novel, which is why, um, like the show that I'm doing with with the Atlanta Radio Theater Company right now, is allowed because it's based off the original novel, War of the Worlds: The Untold Story. Yes, um, we're doing that live today uh, at a convention, as I said at Holocon. Uh, but they all, it's it's a reproduction of a studio version they did already that's available for sale. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes because it's like Why five not? bucks for a digital download. Why it might not? be fun for people to listen to. I'm sure. not in the studio version, but that's okay. Well, forget it then. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> oh, just kidding. I'm, thank no, you. I'm just thank kidding. you. I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I was serious about no, that. No, but for people, <laughs> you know, it supports the company, allows us to keep creating of stuff. Course, so if you want of to, course. I'll put a link to the page in the show notes. Uh, of and Yes. Go check out the rest of the catalog if they like as well, because they've got a whole yeah. HP Lovecraft section, things like that. But some of the other interesting kind of adaptations I've seen. So they had the yeah the 1953 George Powell movie that freaked mm. you out, but then there was the um, the TV series 
Oh, nope. That came out in 88, which oh, was geez. darker. It was like a Canadian-American co-production. No. I watched that. I enjoyed it, sort of. I, I enjoyed the first season because it was so dark, and then the second season got a little too stupid dark. No, thanks. Like, no it just got, got, got a little ridiculous. And then, of course, the Steven Spielberg movie from, from 2005. Is that the one with Tom Cruise? Yes. Mm. That was, I thought, was just god-awful. Mm. Um, I did not care for it. There were two versions that came out in 2000, other two knockoff versions that kind of came out in 2005. Mm. Uh, there was one that's a little more true to that. It was kind of true to the book mm. a little bit more. I'm trying to remember. I don't really recognize anybody who was in it. Mm. Um, that was kind of an indie one, uh, but it was set in the original England. Like it's set in England kind of thing. Mm. Then they did um, the sci-fi channel had their version, which was produced by the asylum. Mm. <laughs> and a sequel that they had both starring nope. C. Thomas Howell. Nope. Oh, C. Thomas Howell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the second one was actually directed by him as well as starring in it, apparently. What year was this? Uh, well, they, 2005 was the first one, and the 2008 was War of the Worlds 2, the next wave. C. Thomas Howell, really? Yeah. From yeah. Gilligan's Island, that guy? No, 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 no. What am I thinking? What am I thinking? That's Thurston Howell. Oh, I'm Thurston Howell. <laughs> <The character. laughs> no, see, Thomas Howell was. See, Thomas Howell was uh, like a young actor. Outside, like he, in, he grew up. Aliens here, lovey. No, but he was one of those actors who came up with like Matt Dillon and stuff. He was one of the outsiders. And oh, then, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it now. I, um, nah, he's I, been in a bunch of stuff since then. Okay. Uh, mostly. In, all right. In my defense, that. it's stupid early here right now, and my brain did not kick in. That's Hold fair. On. That's fair. That's first and Howell. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there have been a couple of. Uh, there were a couple. Jeff Wayne, the musician, did uh, a musical version of War of the Worlds. How did uh, that go? But well, there were two versions of it. They did one in like 1978, and then redid it in 2012. Yeah. Um. Da, 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 and yeah. It, <laughs> he. Uh, the funny thing is, like, he's an American-born composer, but he naturalized British citizen at this point. But he done that was kind of like one of his big. He's very much sort of the Rick Wakeman sort of prog rock. Oh, okay. Sort of sort of sure. style to it, and so oh. they did. Yeah, so they did a version in 1978, and then he reimagined it in in 2012. And I've heard. Some people say it's really good, but I don't know. It's not my thing. That's okay. Um, some stuff like that occasionally. You know, there's, there's some various sort of things that popped up, occasional books, things like that. But uh, yeah, the the version that we're doing, War of the Worlds, the untold story, is kind of, it's based off of the original book, obviously, mm. to protect us from lawsuits. Uh, but it's un, basically told in the frame of this other guy who survived the attacks telling his version of the story. Mm. and trying to sell that story to um to a publisher oh and so his take on it and and what caused the downfall of the aliens is a little bit different than what's in the original book okay uh for various reasons and so it's kind of so there's some comedy to it and there's some some darker moments but we're doing it with a mix of live and digital effects and Mm -hmm. so it should be fun Uh, i'm looking forward to it you know so that's great that's what that is yeah so nope. any of those any of those type of things they creep me out. Uh, fair enough. Well, see, that's the thing. Like we talk about now, <laughs> Halloween's become less about the scare 
in a way, like the idea of there's dark, dark things out there in the world rather than we start commercializing them. So like the Atlanta symphony, for example, is doing Halloween at Hogwarts. Mm. They're doing a bunch of music from the Harry Potter movies. Okay. I'm just like, really? Why did that? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's, I try to, I don't, I mean, that's cool. I don't, I don't want to get bitter about that because the symphony, everybody should go attend the symphony as often as possible. I'm all for it. Let's make you know. Halloween less scary. There you go. Well, here's the thing is I think you need some outlet for fear. And right now, yeah, I totally, I understand that sentiment, especially these days, because again, right. reality is just so much more terrifying at the moment. I say that outlet is already there. It's called life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I say once you leave the nest. Well, when you talk about Congress, no. <laughs> oh. um, that's a horror show in and of itself. No. Uh, vote, people. Voting. Vote, vote, vote. And did I mention you should vote? I think you should. You did. It's not long. It's only, you know, like 10 days away. Something like that. The uh, voting election day. So. Think we about should that. start our own campaign. Make Halloween less scary. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to think about it, work on it, and get back to you. Okay. I'm not... Uh, I don't like horror movies. I don't like scary movies. I don't That's like fair. getting scared. I don't... I'm not a big fan... Well, I look at it this way. I'm not a big fan of... Like I said, I'm not a big fan of jump scares just because no. it's like, oh, just, no. you know, it just makes it feel just, uh, to me, it feels, sometimes it feels lazy. Yeah. It, to go well, for a jump like, scare when you could exactly. really weave something deep into, so like a psychological thriller occasionally, mm-hmm. not quite, you know, when you get into that where it, it's, it's, again, the mind imagining what it is is always going to be more terrifying than what it turns out to be like, uh, like alien. Right. Like the reason that was so terrifying for people is you could not see the monster until like the very end. Right. And granted the monster, the xenomorph at the very end is scary as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it, it's still like, it's that idea of this thing and you don't know what it is. You don't know what it looks right. like. You don't know what it right. is. It's just like, yeah. you know, it's well, that terror the- building up inside you. That's the exact premise of Paranormal Activity. Did you ever see Paranormal Activity? No, because I do not like found footage okay. movies. I, yeah, d- I, I don't. don't like I hate them. I just I don't like that. I, I don't, I don't like format. The, I just hate no. them. Yeah, right. Uh, there here. I don't. I don't endorse these movies. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. But uh, I was um, sort of taken to this movie. I did not against my will. And I'll tell you this. I went to the theater to see Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Okay. With my friends. And they and, lied to you. <laughs> and they lied to me and they said, we'll buy the tickets. And we got there and it was paranormal activity. Now, I protested. I tried to get, I tried to swap the ticket. They would not let me. Not them. The movie theater would not let me because it was already paid for. <clears throat> so uh, the, the brilliance behind this movie, and I hated it, by the way. I'm not even saying I like this movie. If you watch Paranormal Activity at home at a normal volume with the lights on, it's a dumb movie. It's absolutely the stupidest thing you ever. It's a waste of time. When you go to the theater and it's pitch black because they turn out all the lights, everything goes out. Sure. uh, And they crank up the sound system. Yeah. What happens with this movie is that there's some there is a technical aspect and there is a psychological aspect to this whole thing. And what happens is in this movie, 
it 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 comes in waves. Like the nighttime yeah. stuff is the stuff that picks at your nerves, right? Like every right. little thump, thud, creak, whatever is loud, and it's and it and it picks at your nerve. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, I get so, that. So by the time the grand finale happens, you're a mess and you're vulnerable, and it scares the hell out of you. Right? There were grown men in the theater running out like that's how bad it was right well to me but then i, but then I was yeah. thinking about it i'm like well that's brilliant that is absolutely brilliant if i was why i thought about this in the theater like if i was watching this at home this would be really stupid but it's not the content it was the it was the jerking it was the yeah you know, well that's what i mean the jump scare but that's the, the jump, jump that's what but, the it, jump was, but it was so subtle it was so subtle it, it was nothing like oh. Well, no, and that's that's an environmental thing. Like that's a movie that was built to be seen in a theater. There's something to be said for having a professional mixture sound. Yes, for for a particular well, environment, because if you do it for a particular environment, you can make it more effective that way. Oh yeah. Um, and the five minutes or whatever it was of pure black at the end of the the of the end of the movie, uh-huh. it, it just it's just it the screen is black and it and they left the theater dark like they did that on purpose yeah like no that no was, that was on purpose well and i'm not faulting and that's the thing like i'm not faulting the technical the technique used in the movie Ick. and you know, it's just not i don't i don't care for that stuff i got I burned on the, i i got burned on the blair witch project that's so another one like, same no. thing but that was the very first one because that right. came out years before that. That was that's the same formula, right? Well, it's, that's the one that established that formula. Blair exactly. Witch was the very first one to establish that. Exactly. And and Oren Pelly, who did the paranormal activity stuff, every project he's done since then has basically been some found footed version. Yeah. Some other adaptation of paranormal activity. He did a series for ABC called The River. It was set on the Amazon. Yeah. That was set with a bunch of cameras around a boat. And I'm like, no, no, what are you doing? Oh, no. But it was, again, it was the same the same idea of like, there's this terror that you can't see, which was intriguing. Right. But it, it couldn't stop the drag factor of the found footage. I was oh, I got so frustrated with it. No wonder it got canceled. It's just, it's, it's a very irritating format to sit there and like watch through security cameras. Like you're watching a movie. I'm like, no. No, I'm not going to sit there for an hour and a half and do that. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like, like I said, I got burned with Blair Witch. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> no. Well, I was upset with my friends for a long time for that paranormal activity stunt. That's fair. That's fair. But I did go redeem myself when I, we actually went and saw Clyde with a chance of meatballs the next day. So I mean, that's what I'll do. I'll watch a bunch of really funny, silly stuff on Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Take the scary uh, out of Halloween. We don't need to be scared. Well, yeah, we're not rehearsing next week, so that's because that's Wednesday night. Because it's Halloween, we have a lot of parents who are taking their kids trick or treating or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we'll be done because uh, we have another show coming up in a couple of weeks that I'm not a part of, thankfully. So. Oh, okay. well, I couldn't do both, so sure. couldn't really do both shows. So they they tried not to cross cast, right? Which was fine. I wanted to do both, but I'm I'm okay with it. I was like, you know what? I need a break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fine, especially if I'm doing Christmas, right? So. Uh, um, I stay. I stay as far away from horror movies as I can. I just do. Fair not, I don't appreciate them. I don't think they add value at all to this to this world. So I just I stay. Well, away. and I know I know a lot of people who enjoy them, Ugh. and that's fine. They, uh, they, they're, they are fine. allowed to enjoy their movies. They're allowed like, to be wrong. I'll be curious to see who in our audience enjoys horror movies. And I don't you know, want to hear about it. it. Well, no, but I mean. <laughs> 
if you are keeping yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen some bad horror movies, believe me. It's uh but uh and they're all on the sci fi channel, but it's <laughs> oh the asylum. Mm. Uh anyway, um let us know what you think, not necessarily about horror movies, but about Halloween in general. Like if you have any fun memories of Halloween, things like that, you can get in touch with us. You can email us directly at Ryan Trust Podcast Gmail dot com. Uh, you can find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Brian trust. Um, we're also on the Twitter. The show is at the Brian trust individually. I am at actor geek. I am at B Selke. Uh, this episode and all of our previous episodes are on our website at Brian trust podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us there. You can subscribe. Please feel free to rate and review the show wherever you do subscribe. Um, ratings and reviews are how shows like ours get discovered by other people. And that's going to do it for episode 104. What? I, 104 of the brain, the brains trust. No, that was terrible. Um, but thank you so much for listening. And until next time. Are you whistling the Doctor Who theme? <laughs> yeah let me get the background <laughs> how, how did the doctor who theme go no no copyright we can't no okay uh, let's, let's make it. our own uh, all right no, 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 no. copyright can't stop <laughs>